Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod, the show where all we talk about is horror. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me, as ever, is the one who lurks in the shadows. It's Bloggy Balboa herself, Elizabeth. How you doing, mate? Hello. I am very, very well. I've got to say, Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year. How'd you get up to? What'd you? Thirty first of December, two thousand nineteen. The old days. What'd you get up to? Uh, that's the that's this one just gone, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Literally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Happy New Year. Yeah, I know, right? I was just like, are you are you talking about last last year or this year? Yeah, I watched uh, the Bourne Ultimatum because I was in a house with no internet. So we had to watch DVDs. So I watched the Bourne Ultimatum, and that was how I saw in the new year. Obviously with alcohol as well. Of course, no, yeah. Course. Did you um, press play at a certain time, like those memes? If you put this film on at 22.51, it will say this at midnight. Or did you just watch it normally, <laughs> like a normal person? In the new year, where it's like, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, nothing like that. We just, um, because usually I watch a bit of Jules Holland, you know. The old Hootenanny. Yeah, do a bit of that. But we didn't even know that it it was sort of like five past midnight. And I was like, oh, Christ, happy new year. (laughs) Yeah, back to Jason Bourne. Yeah, it's just a sign of my age, I think, now. Yeah, we are getting on a bit, aren't we? Yeah. New year, same shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a nice time. What did you do? Um, Not an awful lot different, basically. Basically, really, I I watched Oasis live at the Barrowlands on Sky Arts because, again, it was on. Uh, yeah. And then I, I did turn it over at midnight to watch the old London fireworks, which I've got to say were pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. they, they, the old Londoners do do a good job, do do. Uh, and then I went back to watch an Oasis and I went to bed not long after that. And then um, after a few days later, I succumbed to man flu and I'm just getting better now. So um, I've been looking forward to doing this. But yeah, I feel like I haven't spoken to you since last year. And it literally isn't a joke. It, it feels like a long time since I spoke to you. <laughs> it was last year, though. It was. Let's be honest. Oh, well, it was, yeah. So here we are again, though. But Death by Pod, we're back again. Not like we were anywhere. We took a few. We took a couple of weeks off for Christmas. So Bloggy could basically go and get smashed at every party possible. Uh, and then yep. catch up on Jason Bourne. But we're back again now. So for this episode, what, uh, what wonderful horror movie are we talking about, mate? back once again with the renegade master <laughs> it is jeepers creepers <laughs> uh and i should probably tell you a bit more about that shouldn't i <laughs> yeah because it'd be a bit naff to end on that uh and that's the end of the pod okay so <laughs> it was directed by victor salva it stars gina phillips as trisha justin long as darry jonathan breck as the creeper Ooh, patricia belcher as giselle and eileen brennan as the cat lady <laughs> That's her so, credit, is the cat lady. Cat lady. It had a budget of $10 million, but then it made $59.2 million worldwide in box office returns. So that's a pretty sweet profit. That's not bad, is it? Yeah. That's not bad at all. Soft at. No. Do you want to Do you want to find out what it's about? Well, this is one of the parts of the show I love. Your, <laughs> your kind of bastardised synopsis. <laughs> Well, because the thing is, is that I don't want to. If someone, if someone like listens to this and then suddenly realizes, oh Christ, I haven't seen Jeepers Creepers, I don't want to spoil it. So should we say now, like no spoil, like spoiler alert? Yeah, well, I mean, we usually give the spoiler alert around about now. So would you like to give the spoiler alert this time? I will. This is your official spoiler alert. If you've not seen Jeepers Creepers, please turn this off. Watch Jeepers Creepers, but then come back and listen to this podcast. Please. Nailed it. <laughs> Bang. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, so there's so, there's your spoiler warning. Yeah, there's the spoiler warning. You've been you've been warned about the spoils. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Deepest Creepers. It's about a uh, brother and sister, Trish and Darry, and they're travelling home for spring break. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. And they decide to take the back roads, which obviously spells disaster. And, uh, yeah, as they're driving, some great big nasty dusty truck comes along and tries to ram them off the road. And they totally freak out. And then they see him, like, putting a body down a pipe. And then they freak out about that. And then they see what's in the pipe. And there's all these bodies. And it's just really messed up. And that's, that's the film. And they try and figure out what this thing is, why it wants to kill him, and why it's got all these bodies. That's that's the synopsis. <laughs> that's incredible. That was my <laughs> the back gun at the back road spell disaster. Okay. I was getting right in, well into this. I was so yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, the guy is called the creeper. The creeper is chucking bodies down a down a pipe, and he then goes after Trisha and Darry, who are our two our two leads. And for once, they're not lovers. They're they're siblings, which is quite a nice little twist um so the first thing before we get into the film the first thing i've got to say is uh we are uh, i'm not i'm i guess bloggies i'm not sure if you are but uh the director victor salva is a nonce and a pedophile so um <gasps> we've got to bear that in mind no. during it really yeah. yes without being churlish he's a convicted sex offender but i think it's like 1988 he was filmed doing stuff with underage boys on a film uh, and he had like child pornography, either. yeah. <gasps> and so then, what? and then came back to make a film whose budget and worldwide returns we were falling over. But um, so basically, he did that awful, took time off, came back, and has seemingly been sort of forgiven and forgotten. Oh, I was going to say, why did I not hear of this? But um, he was sentenced to three years, and he only served fifteen months. What's that? Half is it's not even half. It's a third pretty much of his sentence. Yeah, so uh, that's Victor Salva, director of the film. But um, So I just thought I'd mention that so I didn't end up throwing it in later on. But yeah, Victor Salva, he's done the subsequent sequels as well. But we're not here to talk about Jeepers Creepers 2 or 3. We're here to talk about number 1. So as we always do on Death by Pod, rather than keep you all in absolute suspense, we'll give you the answer that you want to know and I want to know because I don't know if Bloggy likes this film or not. So I'm going to find out. Bloggy, what did you think of this film top, uh, at the top? All right, so I'll tell you this now. I I actually watched it when it came out. Yeah, when nice. I was like ten. You'd have been here, but I'm quite young. Yeah, because um, I had uh, three friends and we had a horror film club. And when everyone came to my house, we watched the others, which was ooh, you know, kind of yeah, all friends. Back when I had friends, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all three used of to, them. We used to hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so everyone came to my house and we watched The Others, which was pretty tame. You know, mm-hmm. for, like, 10-year-olds, that's fine. We went to a uh, girl's house who I won't name, just in case she does listen to the pod. And <laughs> uh, her mum had slightly different standards to my mum, let's say, and she let us watch Jeepers Creepers, and it ruined me. It, tr- it, it, it stopped me watching horror. Well, not that I really had a watching horror at 10 years old anyway, but the next time that I watched a horror film was probably when I was, like, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. it stopped me sleeping for weeks I couldn't get even in the daylight I was terrified like yeah real really messed me up and I wasn't allowed to go around her house after that wow so, so you went home and told your mother about it what she couldn't not know I came home shaking like a shitting dog it was really bad I thought this thing was going to come and get me 
Well, so, so that's I not what I expected like... here then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like It's funny because when I watch it now, it's like, it's still scary, but it's not as scary as I remember it being. Do you know how I mean? Like, it's not... No, yeah, because, well, you were 10, and now not you're... 10. Well, not 10, yeah. Not 10. <laughs> when was the, was that the last, when is the last time you saw it, then? Uh, well, the last... But in, in the last, like, three years. Mm-hmm. But obviously I saw it recently because I had to watch it for the pod. It's become, like, a solid favourite now because it's, it was the first film that ever scared me. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't have... Again, who, who would have thought, eh? Everyone's got their own first film that scared them. I wouldn't have ever guessed it would be this one. Um, I watched it... <laughs> <laughs> I watched it yesterday. Like I was terrible. <laughs> I had no taste. No, that's fair, that's fair enough. Uh, I watched it yesterday. I, I, I've seen it before. I didn't see it when it came out. Um, I would have been older. How old would I have been? 16 or something like that, maybe? 15? Um, so I didn't see it when it came out just because um, I'm probably too busy doing other stuff. But I didn't yeah, see it much long afterwards. But I've seen it a few times since, uh, and I watched it yesterday. And um, it's it's, just, it's not as good as I remember it being. That's what I'm <laughs> so sure. Uh, it's got. Do you know what? I really liked the first like 15 minutes of this film. That's not to yeah. say I didn't like the rest of it or, or other parts of it, but I really liked the, like the first 15 minutes of the film, where it's just um, Trisha and Darry in the front seat of their car. Driving and talking, sort of setting up story and like law. And oh, did you hear about these teens who were killed a hundred miles down the road from here and all this stuff? Uh, and then obviously, then we get the truck and then they see the the guy chucking the bodies down there. It, uh, and then he chases them, and it all happens within fifteen minutes. But it's a really odd way, unconventional way to start a horror film. And I really, um, I really like the opening of this film. But there are other parts I I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it feels very much like Jewel, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking if I, had, I, was, I was thinking about something else, but yes, for some reason, like, when you said when you said jewel, I thought you said cube. As like, and then it hit me that you didn't say cube. I was like, yes. No, yeah, it, no, it does, it does, and I, I like that they didn't just go in with um, it, for first that they were young lovers or anything like that. I like the dynamic that they are siblings, so they haven't got any any of that love rubbish getting in the way, mm. uh, or platonic anyway. So I, I like that. The, um, did you know that the original title for this, by the way, was Here Comes the Boogeyman? Oh, God. I just thought I'd throw that bit of triv in there for you. <laughs> Here Comes the Boogeyman. Mm. That would have been, well, that would have been a different fit. I mean, Jeepers Creepers isn't exactly, but they could put a song with it, I suppose, couldn't they? Yeah, they've got a tie in Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Here Comes the Boogeyman. too many syllables to get in there. So, But no, I, I liked the, I did like the opening of the film. Uh, as for the rest of it, there were parts of it I parts of it I enjoyed, but the, but then it got odd, but not in the like weird cheesy way I like it. Just felt really odd. Certain yeah. parts were, and the, some of the dialogue was was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, from from what I've like when I've revisited it, it doesn't. The the opening part still for me is very creepy, especially the part when. They see him throwing the, the bodies down the chute and then he just stops and just like, it's like he knows, he knows that they're there mm-hmm. and he just stares at them and they're like, oh, uh, like they've just seen him doing something really dodgy and you know that he's well, he throwing bodies down a pipe, but it's yeah. fairly dodgy. That whole bit though where they're like, a body in there. No, it was like a, a sheet, a sheet tied and roped, a sheet tied and roped with bloodstains on Yes. <laughs> it's like escalating each yeah. time. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, I do like that. I like the setting as well. And I like you say, the, the back road spells disaster. And it could sound cliche if you think about it, but um, 
it works because they're just kids going home basically in their in their Chevy in parlor. It 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 worked really well as as a horror opening. It set up it set the scene. It was I would say fairly slow, but in a good way. But then within fifteen minutes, you've already got you met your leads. You've met your location. You've met the bad guy, and you've pretty much met the predicament within fifteen minutes. Which then you've then got another hour and fifteen minutes, pretty much, to tell your story. So I actually think that Victor Salva did a good job with the opening of this film, actually setting up the story. Yeah, and it seems like it's quite a big mix of, um, like you were saying about, he's done a good job of setting it up in the sense of it's one half of it's like a slasher film, and then the mm, other yeah. half of it is like a monster movie. It's really bizarre. Like, it, and it, there is pretty much like a you can see where it just splits down the middle, mm-hmm. where you've got um, you know, like an isolated location. You've got failure of technology. They can't get their phone to work. They're two kids. The police are kind of shit at everything, and then <laughs> it just splits, and that's kind of when it gets a bit crap, isn't it? Yeah, both. <laughs> that's when it gets a bit. Basically, when you when you when you find out what the the villain is. That's yeah. when it takes a, a, a the the turn, as I call it. The turn happens in. Because I like a bit of ambiguity in my films sometimes. And to start with, you don't know what this thing is that's chasing him. As far as you're aware, it's just a big bloke, big bloke mm. with a grudge because he's seen them, because they've seen him burying some bodies, and he's like, right, I'm having that. But then when you find out it's actually like a guild demon with wings sprouting out of every orifice, then it, it, I was just like, ah, oh. yeah. and it could fly as well, which is a bit strange. Uh, that's when I thought, ah, oh. because it's kind of, to me, it, it ended up being like a, sh- a shitter like Wolf Creek, whereas yeah. that was in Australia, where it's all in the back roads, and except it's um, Jim Jarrett, of his name is, with a, with a rifle chasing people. That, to me, was scarier, because it's a pretty similar situation, kind of, but the uh, antagonist is human. Or at least isn't so supernatural, it's beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think the um, the the build-up to, you know, like they're, they're playing that number plate game at the beginning, yeah. and then it's like beating you. And it was just like, it's obviously not beating you, is it, mate? Come on, like he's not... <laughs> that, that would probably be more of a... A Victor Salva kind of film, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the first one of the night. Yep. Oh, I went there. Well, he's also um, he uh, the well, that's it because they said gay fever and gay forever was what they said in the camper van. And Victor Salva is also a he's well known homosexual. So I don't know if that was like his way of like just making a statement. I don't know, but okay, okay. Because what one of the notes that I was going to bring up later on. And I thought, I don't know whether I should bring this up or not, but I found it very homoerotic. Mm-hmm, yeah. As, as an adult, I found it very... Uh, obviously, I missed that when I was 10, but, <laughs> you know, the, the bit with the head and the tongue, yep. the, the way that... And again, that's kind of like a slasher film, but in reverse, like how the... In a slasher film, it's the women are kind of having these orgasmic deaths and stuff, mm-hmm. whereas actually the women in this film have the most brutal, like... <laughs> He really, you know, the, the the cop, he just kind of like, you don't see what happens to her. He just, he just flays her. The guy, he rips his tongue out and it looks like he's kissing him. And the guy in the prison, it kind of looks like he's not eating him. Maybe he's doing something else. It's yes. all a bit... Um, did you pick up on that? Because that, it all kind of makes sense. No, now. it does. It's, it, yeah, no, yeah. And especially in light of knowing 
all this other stuff about the guy, for better or worse. Um, and yeah, it, you can. It's a quite an easy, not easy, but quite a obvious assumption to make, especially when you know it. But um, for somebody that obviously you didn't weren't aware of that, so then which is even more interesting that you picked up on it as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the especially the one you mentioned about the severed head. That was a you know that was like a hit, hit, this, this is me. What are you going to do about it? Kind of statement, I think. I mean, because, yeah, I didn't know whether I didn't really have a lot of time to look into it. But I thought maybe is this from the time of its release and things that were going on? Is it like, you know, sort of demonizing being gay or I I didn't know if there was another Mm -hmm. message to put out there, but I didn't really have time to explore it. And I thought, I don't know if I should explore it. (laughs) Every (laughs) single time I do a pod like this, I'm always like, it's about sex at the end of the day. (laughs) Let's be fair. Yeah, this one's definitely about meat and sex. Jeez, he went to town on that severed head. He went to town a lot, the guys in this film went, as well. Yeah, he went to town on a lot. And I, you only see him eat men. Yeah. He, don't, he You know, the, 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 the cat lady, he doesn't eat her. He just he just sort of tosses her about. <laughs> <laughs> we even jumping forward to the very end when... Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but the, the choice mm-hmm. he has to make, and he's like, nah, I'll take the geezer, thanks, rather than the girl. I mean, who would you rather take... Um, Justin Long or Gina Phillips? Well, because I, when I was a kid, I thought that was because she stood up to him, so she wasn't scared of him anymore. Hmm. I thought that it was because the whole way through, it's kind of Darry that is the one that he goes down, he sees everything, he gets traumatized, so his fear is making him like mm-hmm. more attractive. Mm-hmm. But then, is that a whole thing in itself? Like, is it is like you know people being afraid of? being who they are or you know is there this kind of, this kind of like fear and this homoeroticism must mean something i just don't know what and i don't really want to interview the guy to find out either so no, no i think i've just cut my losses of that one to be honest but um no yeah i mean obviously obviously i take gina phillips i was uh impressed by uh her in this film yes yeah yeah very much so but back to the actual film um <laughs> oh, I'm it that way, yeah, I can Yeah, she's impressive all round. Absolutely, um, it's Justin Long's threat. first horror as well. He did Galaxy Quest a few years before as well, actually. Yeah, because it was after this he he then started to um, pop in to other other bits and pieces, didn't he? Like he was in Drag Me to Hell, and then he was in one of those awful Die Hards. Yes, he was. He was a uh, Die Hard and whatever it's called. Yeah, Die Hard yeah. and. Uh, Live for, I don't know what it's called, but um, yeah, he was in that. He did yeah, it was hell. like Die Hard were gonna have a fire sale and kill the terrorists with like viruses and pop ups and shit. I think that was basically yeah, pretty much it. Die I'm Hard and Bruce Willis's yeah, paycheck. No. IMDb, but yeah, he was in Drag Me to Hell and obviously a few t- a few TV shows. But and Gina Phillips, uh, God bless, hasn't really done an awful lot much since this no, film. No, that's. I find that really weird. I was looking her up, and she's only been in the third Jeepers Creepers, which I haven't actually seen. No, and even then, apparently, it's only like a ten-second cameo. He was in a the. Do you know the Britney Spears song called "Boys"? No. How's it go? As a girl just needs one. Boys. Oh yeah, I know that one. Uh, now I do. And it's got Pharrell in it. He's apparently yep. in that. That's oh, Pharrell. He was. Oh, he was in Crossroads. So he oh. did. He did Galaxy Quest. He did Happy Campers. He did Jeepers Creepers, and then Crossroads. Crossroads. He had <laughs> a big. He had a big like affiliation with the the Britney Spears. Spears, yeah. Well, clearly to be in that cack. But no, that's a shame about old because Gina Phillips was thirty in this, and Justin Long was twenty or twenty-one. 
Um, Justin Long does look like he's just come out of puberty, but Gina yeah, Phillips looks quite cool. young in this film, I thought. Yeah. I mean, 30 ain't old, because I am. But um, <laughs> I honestly, but I thought they were a fairly similar age. Yeah, well, I suppose to, like, they did that whole thing in Not Another Teen Movie, didn't they, where they were all like, oh, no, what was it, Scary Movie, where they're like, we're all 30. <laughs> yeah, playing kids. Yeah, um, it's probably so... just about the right age, to be honest, to play an oh, age. Yeah, of... and I, I noticed that Victor Salva managed to get a shot in of um, Gina Phillips taking a piss, basically, and Darry, Justin and I both having a piss, whereas Darry, you don't see anything, you just you see him from behind. But um, Trisha's character, he had to make sure that he got a full-on front-on panty shot and all that. And I was like, Victor, come on. But this was kind of... Two, this is 2001. This is when... I mean, horror films have always been sexualised, but this was kind of around the time of... Yeah, I know what I did last summer and those kind of films where yeah. that this kind of thing was the norm. Whereas now, obviously, it's we, we live in different times. Do we? I think we do a bit. In horror? I think we do, depending on, depending okay. on the film. Well, I Which mean, is... you know, they objectified Tony Collette in... Uh... <laughs> Hereditary. <laughs> Nobody Stop. else floated up. <laughs> uh, she was she was a real looker in that film. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, right, so some, some of the some of your favourite moments in this film should we get into some of them in mine as well yeah let's 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 really get into get into the nitty gritty of Jeepers Creepers shall we go on and you ladies first so Jeepers Creepers you you you, this this scared the living bejesus out of you as a kid so what what moments or parts during it did you like and what scared the shit out of you the most ah sure okay well um obviously the pipe the pipe scene pipe scene uh, oh i can't <laughs> stop it uh, the scene where he goes down the pipe absolutely freaked me out mm-hmm. like it just um because there, there's a there's a really really good shot like gives over his due where uh he's he's walking through everything's really dark he bends down to tie his shoes and he's got the the flashlight facing back with the torch if you're from england which i am (laughs) (laughs) facing facing like the back of him so as he bends down we can see that there's loads of people on the walls yes but he can't so it's like that awful kind of like oh god like he doesn't he doesn't know like he has wait for it yeah and then that thing but do you know what? Watching it back, those bodies look absolutely atrocious. <laughs> they look plastic as hell, don't they? Yeah, it looks like he's just like tied a couple of blow-up dolls to the wall. Yeah, it does. Looks really bad. I remember yeah. thinking that that looked, you know, looked real. I was like, oh my god, he's killed people and put them on the wall for yeah, a film. And now they've all got those like pouty blow-up doll lips. I know that I get that they're meant to be preserved, so they've got that kind of sheen look to them, but they don't look good. Um, but that part where you mentioned he bends down his tie shoelace up is a great bit where this sort of liquid drips onto his foot. So when he's yeah. doing the shoelace up, li- and he's like, ah, and that's that's the moment where as the audience are like, here we go. He's now yeah. got to look up, and he had his bodies lining the walls like Lawrence the and Bowen's nightmare. There's these plastic bodies just covering everything, decapitated, bits missing, eyes still open. It's a pretty nightmarish situation. Not one you'd want to find yourself in, eh, Bloggy? No, not at all. I mean, it's kind of it reminded me of like the Sistine Chapel, but bad. <laughs> but just yeah, preserved naked it, bodies. He, he's in like an old church, isn't he? He's in like an abandoned church. Yes. And I thought, oh my god, is this supposed to be like some kind of like, you know, Dago-ish? Was was it Dago that painted the Sistine Chapel? I don't know. Please tweet in and please at me and tell me I'm wrong. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that, 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 that bit really messed me up. And obviously, and the guy, the body bag, the body bag jump scare. Oh, yeah. Genu- that genuinely was was terrifying. I mean, even even after I was ten, like that bit still got me. Also, oh jeez, it's one of the you knew it was coming, but he dragged it out long enough to make you question whether actually yeah, anything was going to happen. Yeah, and then when it does, he obviously un unsheaths the guy and he's been stitched up down the middle because his organs have been taken out and harvested, and it is a and he goes to say say something and he dies. It's and I think Justin Long actually does quite well in uh, putting across that kind of like fear of God, where he doesn't say anything. He's just like shaking for the next ten minutes of the film. Even when he gets back in the car, he's just, you can tell that the guy he looks like a guy who's who's been through stuff. Basically, he looks a bit haunted already. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, I like that scene. It's a good it's a it's a good visual. And that's when I thought of this film. I was like, oh, maybe this film is better than I remember it being because it's that kind of like weird macabre imagery. But never, I don't think it ever really builds on that, to be honest. Because you, you also get the, the the young couple who they say, oh, they disappeared 100 miles down the road. Oh, they're, yeah, shadowing, yeah. That's it. They're in the... They're on the wall, basically. Yeah, and he manages to pick them out of a lineup of thousands. Yeah. I but it's I, a ring, wasn't know, it, he saw? It, yeah, it was, of course. That's something that you'd hone in on, isn't it? Their class ring from, yeah, like... Kenny and Dala <laughs> on the wall there. Um, but, yeah, and of course, because there's your head cut off and then it's been really poorly, like, stitched on with the Xs on her. But I... Yeah, I like that. I mean, the, I like the, the pipe scene, but the only thing I, I didn't like about the pipe scene was when the rats came out, Justin Long just hilariously starts screaming, Rats! Rats! Yeah. Rats! For ages. And then there's a hilarious shot of him falling into the pipe in slow motion. As like falling to the floor in slow motion. And as he hits it, his whole body kind of like ripples. Like yeah. um, with the water scene in Jurassic Park. I didn't like that. But take that out of the scene, it's fine. I just wish he just didn't keep shouting rats, basically. Yeah, and it's really stupid as well, because then the rats come out the pipe, and it's like, well, wouldn't you have just pushed them back down with him? Yeah. Um, and Trisha, before that, there's a couple of like, meta jokes as well about they're getting out the car, and they're like, this is a bit in a horror film where someone does something really stupid, and you think, oh. But I like that they kind of, even though it's on the nose as hell, they threw it in there to, so they so they can at least let the audience know that one of these two had their head screwed on at one point, where she was basically saying... This is a stupid idea. What? Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, you've got 10 seconds and I'm driving off, blah, blah. So, r- rather than them both kind of just like haphazardly just doing it because they think it's a good idea. So I appreciated that even though it was, yeah, it's like so on the nose it hurt, but they didn't take us completely for fools. Yeah. I mean, and that, that scene as well, um, going back to it being kind of like a slasher film, it, I thought it was really refreshing that he reversed the roles because it is usually the woman that. Yeah, that does something like that, and I think she says to him, "This is why girls are smarter." You know, yes. he's like, "He's like, oh, I'm gonna go down the pipe," and she's like, "No, this is why women are smarter. Like, don't, <laughs> don't do it." Stop being dick. Let's just drive off here. Yeah. But again, in the homoerotic sense, he's he's really he's making Darry very effeminate. Darry's the one that's being emotionally impacted by it, whereas Trish is the one that runs him over like eight times, and you know what? Kind of, she's the one that gets angry and wants to hurt him, which is usually the guy. Yep. You know, it's like, listen, you fucker, you know. <laughs> yeah. Leave her alone. Kitty, kitty. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I thought that bit was, I thought it was very interesting how he reversed the roles. But then also, I think that makes it scarier because he's down there 
in this in the house of pain. That's it. It's so cheesy. Yeah. In the creeper's house of pain. But um <laughs> she she's left outside and she sees a truck, doesn't she? And she totally freaks out thinking it's it the... looks quite similar, yeah. Yeah. And that bit when I used to when I watched it when I was a kid, I remember being upset by that because I thought if only you'd have flagged them down, you could have got help. It was, was like an, op- times, it was like yeah. an opportunity missed where there was like, you're probably not going to see anyone now for another like 100 miles. But she didn't know, did she? So it's not, it's not your fault, Trish. It's not. I guess at the same time, we would be thinking that that does look quite similar. Should I or shouldn't I? But I suppose I'd, I'd do it anyway. And then if it is him, I guess you could just try and take him or run. So, um... <laughs> yeah, I suppose <laughs> at this point you don't know that he's like a regenerating demon, do you? So... No. I just think he's an old guy with a he looks throws, throws things down pipes. So um Oh uh, yeah, that scene I liked it and that abandoned church was a real church I read um in doing this pod that it was a real church that was abandoned and it was a, kinda of like a little tourist attraction. People would go there to um obviously see it and have pictures and then a few years ago it just burnt burnt itself to the ground. Like oh, it did in the film. Just like in the film. Yeah. Really odd, but uh, that would have been pretty cool just uh, to drive by and someone, see that. Someone did that. Come on, someone must have done that. Uh, well, I imagine I don't. As much as I like films about the supernatural and possessions and all that, I still don't believe that like things just combust by themselves. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he left all those bodies covered in formaldehyde. They're going to go up at some point, isn't they? That's that's true. Yeah, because obviously it's a real thing. So those bodies were down there, man. Yeah. Uh, I suppose that would have been pretty cool to drive past, say, not the fire, but actually up like, the church itself. Just be like, oh, cool, that's that church from that film. Because um, it was a pretty creepy looking looking yeah. abode. And yeah. yeah, yeah, the House of Pain. That all stems from the psychic woman played by, uh, it was a G- Giselle Gay Harden or something like that, <sighs> Patricia Belcher's character. She's like this kind of like cliche weird woman who knows everything. The all-seeing eye who's nowhere to be seen but knows everything. She calls them at a diner of all places. Because like you say, we don't think they're going to see anyone ever again. But they hightail out of there and find a diner. It's quite a nice little diner, actually. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, call the police. And everyone just looks at them like they're out of towners. The phone rings and some guy's like, you're going to get that? And he's like, and like, well, I'd be thinking, oh, no, it's not my establishment. Yeah. But they pick it up. And thankfully for them, thankfully for Patricia Belcher's character, they picked up the phone, and she's like, "I know who you are. You, you've, you've been to the house of pain. Is it a demon or a devil? Listen to the song I'm playing." It's like Jesus, like this massive like, exposition dump in the middle of the film. Um, but yeah, she's she comes into it a bit later on. A character called Jezebel. But um, yeah, because you get the diner scene. That's where they call the cops, and you think oh, everything's going to be okay. Then we find out that the demon actually has a fetish for Darry's pants. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was the bit where he's like, he's growing loads of your clothes and he was smelling them and looked like he was lacking it too. <laughs> yeah, and I, was like, I like the fact that everybody just saw it and they're just like, it yeah, was no, obviously no normal enough for the, nobody to say anything. Well, and also the fact that this guy is like out and out a fucking demon. Like he's got <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's got like a fish face and he's got crazy hair and he's like seven foot five or whatever the <laughs> hell he is. And they just they see him sniffing someone's clothes and they think, oh no, it's just, that's none of our business. It's another day in Poco County. Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah those, those diners were very unhelpful, weren't they? Like even even the woman that was serving, she's like, please call the police, and she sort of looks at her as if like, don't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. She's it's like, not my job. I know. Um, yeah, and then you get the, the police turn. I might say they're a bit, a bit plap, bit pap. And Darry mm. at this time is in a world of his own because he's seen 
He's seen hell. He's been in the house of pain. And again, I think he does a good job of, uh, yeah, you you were there, man. And I think he does a really good job of conveying what he saw. I, I, um, even when he starts grabbing the policeman and going a bit overboard. But so I think that's quite good. Uh, and then they, the, the mystery then comes. Well, hold on. How did the guy get from the church to the diner in such like record time? So then we get that kind of mystery from it as well. But we have got like a souped up truck, though. Yeah, Which I, I actually appreciate the fact that you said the truck is clearly souped. Yes, they did cover a lot I, of bases. They did, because I was a bit like, oh, come off it, look at this. This is not going to, it's a bit like that bit of Wanted where they're struggling <laughs> to get away from a lorry in like a Bugatti Veyron or something. And you're like, It's like Dill Boy's three-wheel van chasing after you and taking over you. But yeah, he's got like some Fast and Furious mods on there. <laughs> he's got some NOS, he's got a dragon on the side. He's got some Simpsons-esque speed holes to make better, it go faster. Better. I was thinking, <laughs> I don't know what a Nos or a Dragon is, but I know what a Simpsons-esque speed hole is. Speed holes, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they made it, the way the film or the writing made it out was that the church was a, a fair distance and no and no normal being would be able to make that in distance in such a short amount of time. So I guess they started to sow the seeds more so then of this, maybe this isn't a human yeah, maybe he's maybe he's not entirely of this realm. Yes, and then um, we find that the demon obviously has a a smelling fetish, which is pretty much what he has. It's without meaning to sound um, flippant. It's all based on smell. He smells. He picks the creeper picks his victims based on smell. Does the old scare and sniff, doesn't he? That's it. Scratch and sniff. <laughs> sniff before you <laughs> biff. But um, yeah. Oh, fuck around with you while I'm in my car, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna smell your fear. Yeah. Smell the glove. In this case, smell the glove. In this case, it's Justin's long soiled underwear. Smell the pants. Not yeah. Quite sure what you'd. I mean, I would have got some fear smelling those, but so yeah, he smelt those and decided that obviously Justin Long's character Darry was who he wanted. And of course, from then on, um, they a police escort drives them off to takes them away, and before that. Giselle on the phone after bleating on about the house of pain and all that she basically <laughs> says when you hear the, this song it means bad luck if you hear Jeepers Creepers he's coming for you and of course they're driving down the road and they turn the radio on they're flicking through the stations and what song's on there oh Jeepers An Creepers awful cover of Jeepers Creepers it's cack, like, yeah, Jeepers, it's like 80s so yeah like upbeat 80s version bound the bound, bound. <laughs> Jeepers the bat <laughs> <laughs> So old Jeepers, old Jeepers Creepers comes on, and we are the audience is meant to meant to think, oh no! And then obviously they they realise something's up. Uh, we then find out also via the police radio that that church has been burnt down. So there's your link there. And then yeah, Jeepers. I, I, in in my notes, I kept calling the guy Jeepers. I, I didn't know he was called yeah, the Creeper until afterwards. Him, if he's if he's called the Creeper as well. That's got some heavy connotations, hasn't it? It makes me think that was what Victor Salvo was called in prison. Well, this was it. Like, this is what I'm now thinking is like, is like, and I'm not, I'm not even saying this to be funny. Like, is this some kind of like sick projection of how he sees his inner self? Like, is he the creeper? Is that what this is? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. Is it, why would? Okay. All right. We'll, we'll drop that. For oh, no, I, I, no, I was going to say. <laughs> no, I know. All I was going to say is I, I don't know. I mean, I, whether or not they ever give confirmation of that. But if you look at it like you are and I am and put it two, two, two plus two, there is a, a strong whiff that that might be the case. Mm, I think I smell a rat. A rat! 
rats in my pants. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the rat in Bloggy's well, pants. Because they... Oh, Jesus. I just realised what it said. <laughs> I, was, I was doing a combo of the rats down the pipe and the sniffing of the pants. That was the pants sniffer salver. When you, you combine know? the two of them. When you combine the two, he's, yeah, well, he's not into that, is he? Rat pipe. Rat, rat pipe. It's <laughs> <laughs> my bad name. <laughs> so, so, anyways. But also, on that, on that bit where the police are behind him and that, there's this really, like, cool bit that just never gets explained again, where they're like, the dust off the car was dead skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really, really old dead skin. What car? His car? Like, the truck? Uh... I thought they meant. Um, I think they meant on the the on Trisha's car, the Chevy. Because remember, there's a handprint, isn't there? Oh uh, yeah, did they like swab the car? Well, how how did they find? Well, Darry's basically telling the policeman to, how to do his job. He he leans down. He's like, "Hey, do you guys want a fresh print?" And then fresh print. Oh yeah. Fresh print of Poho. And then fresh the policeman comes over and leans down, and Darry's like, "Looks like it's just been planted there." And the policeman's looking like, "Wow." evidence as if he's never done how to do his job and you can kind of see that it's just like it's flaking and the wind's blowing it away slightly um but apparently in that scene as well you can at one point you can hear like a wing like a flatter flapping the wings uh, and like a shadow go over trisha it's apparently meant to be quite subtle but i never noticed that oh okay yeah no i'll, I'll have to i'll have to check that out i think I, I don't know i think i have read that before so it's but it's his hand that's got the old skin on it yes Okay, all right, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that, that bit was really nice. So the, the whole House of Pain idea and the dead skin idea, they're the two, probably, they're the two things that I, if it was me, I would have run with them mm. and done the film based more on that. But they they burn the church down and then those two cops get, get proper brats, don't <laughs> yeah. they? So we don't ever find out any more about those. Oh, what, what happened to that? Did he go and then kill the forensics guy? Like, when... Oh. When are they gonna? I don't know. <laughs> so many get more answer questions here. Film. <laughs> I know. Get, we might have to get Vic, old Savra on the pod after this. We ain't getting oh. Victor on the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not getting him on their nonsense. No, um, <laughs> basically, so yeah, this is when this is when the film basically bursts into life, if you will, because we've had the build up, we've had all that good stuff in the House of Pain and the diner and the mystery, and this jump around. <laughs> Yes, jump around. <laughs> and then and then it basically just goes, Whoa, and then Victor Sauber basically says, Right, this is this is the what we're dealing with here and it ends up being a flying demon who decapitates people. Yeah. Which kinda of, I think Giselle does kind of point out, but she's a bit useless, isn't she? Just because she just kind of sings Jeepers Creepers and says like some pretty like answer the question. You will answer me these questions three and doesn't actually explain <laughs> anything of like, you know, mate, you're gonna die. Warning you there, like she could have changed future, yeah, but she didn't. And it would so then the police, the police both like die, yes. and he, he he sort of tongues him, gets off of the the severed head, yeah, of course, chucks it, in, chucks it in the back of the van. Yes, but he put we put his body in the van and he closes the door and then like opens it and throws the head in. I was like, that's quite even, funny. even though he's already took like he's already took what he wants from it. I'm guessing, but he just like you know. Likes Later, that, likes that head, yeah. doesn't he? A little bit, little some elevensies for tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> Fancy a nibble on me. <laughs> I don't know if my Tupperware's going to be big enough. <laughs> um, and then 
is it after that they go and shoot the cat lady? Um, yes, it is. They just say just totally, or is that is that when they start playing chicken with him? Uh, no, they yeah he does that. He decapitates the guy in front of this billboard, which says it just says tastes so good in this tastes billboard. So like, good. Uh, and yeah, he starts kissing the end, bites her tongue out. Um, yeah, then they then they hightail it, and that's when they go to the crazy cat lady, and it's a house like a de- decrepit house in the middle of nowhere with vines hanging down and scarecrows, and it's Eileen Brennan who plays the crazy cat lady who's got like a hundred cats. Who? What else has she been in? Because I've proper recognised her, but I don't have a chance to. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't ask this because she's the only person who I didn't write down what she's been in. Because <laughs> I looked earlier, she's been wait. in an awful lot of stuff. She's proper. She's proper familiar she's to me. Been, she's Hold been on. She's like Gilmore Girls recently, I think, as well. Oh, my God. She's Mrs. Peacock in Clue, isn't she? Probably. Yes, she <laughs> is. I can't remember. I looked at her IMDb today, and there's so many films. I was like, oh, wow. And I'm sure there's one on there which would have interested you as well. I can't remember what it is now. I'm sure there's one. Oh, there's like, oh. I can't. Yeah, she's, she's Mrs. Peacock in Clue. I kept looking at her and being like, why do I recognise you? Why do I recognise she... Oh, Okay. That's quite funny, really. Okay. Obviously, they made her up to be even more like insane than she actually is. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they couldn't have picked a worse house, could they? No. Do you know how they got the cats to look out the window? No. They smeared tuna all over the windows. Are you kidding? 100% truth. 100%. So the cats would all come to the window and just look out. That's... that's What's on the inside or the outside? Uh, I don't actually know, but on somewhere on that old double glazing... There was tuna all over it, so obviously the cats were like, "Ooh, fish!" Um, and that's why they were inquisitively <laughs> looking to find where the fish was. That's hysterical. But that that this scene was one of the scenes that it kind of did me in when I was a kid as well. When I watched it the first time, the, really? the bit where she says, "That's not my scarecrow." That, yes, because uh, it really freaks me out. Jeepers is standing in front of the scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, and or I think that, that that whole bit. Really, that that's sort of the the beginning of the end, isn't it? That's the last bit for me that is genuinely terrifying. The fact that because then she just kind of like comes in between them, doesn't she, with a massive shotgun? How's the pain? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she's like, "I'll blow your fucking head off." Yeah, and then like, you get the two like, bangs. Has it? And you hear two bangs, and you're like, "Well, she clearly didn't kill him." Because <laughs> um, she tries to shoot old the creeper outside I've got to stop trying to call him jeepers because he'll get confusing just call him jeepers just call him jeepers she tries to shoot jeepers outside and he and he flies away oh JC the real JC Um, and he flies away so that's when we really know because on the police car I mean it's obvious when he landed on the roof of the police car out of nowhere it's like well he must have flown there and this is the kind of visual proof that he flies but yeah jeepers kills the cat lady and that's when um, the car gets stuck in gear they can't run him over because he keeps doing these hilarious backflips over the car. And then they eventually do hit him and they keep reversing that back and forward over him. But I remember thinking, just run over the bastard's head. Run over his head, but they never do. Yeah, so that that bit, I didn't understand that bit at all. That was the, that bit, I just didn't understand it. Like why, if he, if he wants to kill them and he knows he can smell, they're, they're perfectly scared enough. Like, why is he toying with them to this extent? Is that just part of his bag? Horror film logic, I guess. I guess so. Because yeah, he's literally I mean, a demon, thought... a demon god by looks, so he can just kill them whenever he wants to. God, like. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought uh, 
Jonathan Breck, and I'll be interested to know, like, if if he did if he did his own stunts for that, mm-hmm. or if like, because he's quite quite a nimble, quite a nimble little minx, isn't he? He just mm-hmm. he just jumps over, he did nothing, doesn't bother him. Nope. Um, I don't know. I'd like to ask him actually if he did it because um, we haven't actually spoken about his. Oh, we'll speak. We'll get we'll get onto like the actual character in a minute, I guess. But um, yeah, I know because the way he does those like fairy flips over the car, and then obviously it wasn't him being run over. Five, four, five times by the car, but um, I was thinking, why don't they just run over his head and then make sure? But of course, they don't know yeah. that he can then he then reanimates himself. But I guess the revel for a ten year old bloggy, the revelation that when they drive off and the body, it well, it looked like there was a foot pump like um, blowing it back up again, but then suddenly this like wing wings start coming out of it. As a ten year old, that must have creeped you out a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think by that point, I I was already too far gone. <laughs> I think, do you know you know how I mean? Like, I think the whole build up to it and the the scariness of the the opening sort of half an hour, forty minutes of the film yeah. or whatever is then the fact that he just has wings. I I think by that point, I was just white as a ghost, <laughs> like I couldn't. But I always thought that he had wings because they'd messed his legs up. But obviously, it turns out he's always had wings. But he just decides to drive a truck. <laughs> Was that scarier? Oh, don't ask me. More no, practical. Yeah. Who did his personalised number plate? That's a really good point, actually. And what did he did he go to Halfords for that? We might. Uh, he must have done. I suppose uh, two thousand and one. Uh, the internet was a thing back then, obviously. So he probably could. It would be more expensive online then. But he could have got it done. But yeah. then he was in the middle. He, was... he lives in a abandoned church down a pipe. So where's the billing address? Yeah, this is all, you know, these are all things. I mean, did he just see someone with a cool truck and was like, oh, look, beating you? Could you imagine if he saw it? He's like, that is the perfect number plate. I must have that truck. It turns out he didn't want the truck. He just wanted it for number plate. He probably wanted like a Ferrari or something. Well, he probably saw someone driving along with a souped up truck that said, be eating you as a number plate and thought, do you know what? Changed my life. Yeah. He was probably working in like insurance or something, yeah. living quite a decent life. A and then he saw that truck and he was like, Do you know what? Get the wings out. <laughs> I'm off. I'm going. Yep. But dye my dye my body grey and let's go for it. Shave my let's... hair off. <laughs> I'm gonna commit. <laughs> yeah. You, have a, you, you go hard, go go home. <laughs> I the more I think about the bee eating you lumber plate, the more annoyed it gets me actually, because it's so naff. Well, and the whole like you know, oh yeah, what's the, what what's the you know, it was like sexy forever or like dick lickers or something, wasn't it? They they were playing that like, number yeah. play game in the beginning, yeah. yeah, beating you, and then they're like beating you, and then they tied it into Trisha splitting up with her boyfriend, and he's like beating you, and she's like, huh? and they make that kind of connotation, blah blah. And then again, that never gets resolved or even mentioned ever again. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the corpse comes back with wings and that's when you think, oh, shit. Um, they finally get to the police station and out of nowhere, this Giselle just turns up. She's just there, yeah, yeah and they're like, you stay away from them now. Like, like, she just comes in screaming, them. like ranting and raving like an absolute pisshead. And the, the cops are like, Giselle's back again, bloody hell. Oh, come on, leave him alone, leave him alone. You really, really, they'd like be grabbing her and be flinging her outside. She starts making like serious disclaimers about how unhappy she is with her life as well. She's yeah. like, Do you think I won in all these things? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's talking to the wrong people here. 
Yeah. But um, that, that scene then gives us another exposition <laughs> dump, which is like, oh, every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat. And then she says, it eats lungs so it can breathe and eyes so it can see. Whatever it eats becomes a part of it. It dresses like a man, but only to hide that it's not. So she gets that kind of soliloquy. Yeah, that bit's really ridiculous, isn't it? God, there's another line eat. afterwards which is even worse. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, go on, tell, tell me, because now I can't. Well, um, it, it it's when we find out that it smells something in people's fear, and they're like, how do you kill it? And then Giselle's like, I think it's eaten too many hearts for its own to ever stop. And I was like, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm checking okay. out of this shit now. <laughs> I've, 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 that's really the worst thing I've heard in this film. But yeah, so it's, it's eaten. But, but the way that um, old Belcher says it, with so much conviction, she really, you know, jumps, dives into the role, and I obviously applaud anyone doing that, of course, but the way she tries to sell that line is like this big, meaningful Oscar bait line, and it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, she, she actually, for all the help that she's supposed to give them, she's pretty useless. She's like, culpable she... for all of this. Well, she kind of is because she knows exactly what's going to happen. Yet she does nothing about it, or like she just she tries to, but it's kind of t- all she does is just freak them out more by phoning them in a diner, like, "Oh yeah, I know who you are," like, and then screaming them in a police station. And then when yeah. Darry's like, "Which one of us, like Trisha and myself, which one does he want?" and she's just staring at him, he's like, "Tell me." And she's like, uh, "She's like, oh, you don't know what?" She's like, "Oh," and she's and that's it because she's seen what happens, and he's like, "Ah." Oh, are your dreams ever wrong? And she's just like, so like, just answer the guy. And he keeps asking her and she won't answer him. And I was like, why don't you just tell him? Yeah. And there's the, just the bit where she's on the phone to him and she's like, have you seen the cats yet? Yes. Have you seen the cats? <laughs> You're not making yourself sound like rational or someone to be believed. It's like, well, she's obviously, she's obviously traced these steps before. She's obviously been on this journey before or other people have been or other that or, I don't know. It's really odd how she knows everything. And I know that that's the point of her character, but it's really odd that she literally knows everything. Yeah, it is. And I think that that sort of theme is played out in the second one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, why would she know about the cats? I mean, why would would she she think, oh, they must have stopped at that decrepit house with that crazy old lady in there with the cats? They must have done. Because what what happened, what would have happened if they'd been like, we're on about what cats? Well, surely she knows the bloody timeline. She knows they've only just got to the diner, so there's no way they've seen the cats yet. Bloody idiot. <laughs> She's honestly like some psychic. Yeah. Oh, Derek Akora's dead. Oh, yeah, I forgot about mentioned about it, actually. Yeah, rest so in peace, sad. Derek. Derek would have been brilliant in this. I'd have to say, I thought people were taking the piss when I saw it tw- trending on Twitter, and then I read it. I was like, and I saw, oh, Elizabeth was commenting. I was like, oh, it's real then, because blockies yeah. are on. Like that she is. And I was like, oh, and everybody remembers that scene of Mary and all that, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. National. He, he, him, and Sam would have sorted this out. No worries. He'd have spoke to him like months in advance and just been like, "Listen, guys, help me, Sam." Yeah, <laughs> and he would, and he would have had that wicked green hue over their faces. <laughs> Creeper loves dick. <laughs> That's it. Or Giselle. Do I need to explain who Derek Akora is for people that for international viewers? Face. Please do. Uh, yeah. Viewers, I mean listeners. Derek Akora is a psychic who was on a UK TV show called Most Haunted. It was like a reality TV show and he was the medium. 
But yeah, it was in the nineties, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I think it is yeah. a noughties, no, yeah. Early noughties, yeah. Um, and he was pretty much exposed for being a fraud. Funnily enough. Funnily enough, but um, he's dead now. That's that's pretty well, much. That's there you Derek go. <laughs> he was a medium. Was a fraud. He did. That's very cool. Basically, yeah. yes, he was an absolute dilettante, a charlatan. But he was a, he was what? But it was it was that time where like reality TV was a taking off, and you had like. In the afternoon, you'd have ground force and changing rooms, and in the evening, you'd have Derek and Cora and whatever the woman's name was on most haunted. Yvette Fielding. Yvette Fielding, of course. And basically, they go into haunted houses. You've got uh, you guys in various territories around the world have got your own versions. Um, and yeah, and then they'd go into a room, and then suddenly they'd hear like a clanking of the pipes, or they'd pick up some audio, which would happen, which would be added in post production. Clearly. But it, but it was really really popular, and like Derek Acora especially became like his household name. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was usually one of the producers, like just clanging a pipe. Yeah, and he's like off, yeah. off camera. Put your phone down. Oh. Clang pipe. Put go back on your phone. Oh, another another good quote from Giselle. I don't know if it's a demon or a devil or just some hungry thing from <laughs> some dark place in time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, at first, that's oddly specific, a hungry thing, apart from the thing bit. But, I mean, what? how else would you call a, explain a demon other than a hungry thing from a dark place in another time? You've just described me. Yeah. This is quite bloggy in the mornings, yeah. <laughs> Where's my Big Mac? <laughs> yeah, half-eating Big Mac or chocolate cake in a hair for those who followed the show last year. Oh, God, yeah, the chocolate cake. That was a bloody lovely chocolate. They don't reduce things in London. or no, They, they do, but they just get snapped up. So there's no more reduced chocolate cake antics for me. No. I have to pay full price for it now no. and eat it properly. She like a great quiche now and spend £6 on a pint of beer. She's lost touch of her roots. I know. It's terrible. Well, I am a, I am drinking some Baileys, though. I've got some leftover Baileys. Exactly. See, Baileys. Couple of, this time last year, she'd have basically been bleach, drinking bleach, but now it's Baileys. Uh, maths. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like what, whatever the step below white lightning was, but now it's Bailey's. Bailey's. Uh, off of Bloggy's eating habits and what she's like, what, what she does in the shadows. Uh, yeah, she did. Giselle's basically an exposition machine, but she also gets fed the most cack dialogue as well. But she, but she really like puts her heart into it. She really tries to sell these this dialogue. So good on you, Patricia. Yeah, well done. Let's make sure that is her name. It is Patricia, yes. It is Patricia. Patricia Belcher. Between that and it's eating too many hearts and she's like, oh, in my dream, I, I heard one of you scream your last scream. It's like, well, you just don't need to say this. Just say one of you dies. Don't, but don't be all like, theatrical about it. You screamed your last scream. Like, <laughs> one of you dies. <laughs> yeah. And then she doesn't tell him which one. So yeah, we're in the, we're in the police... Uh, you get to the police station and she's done her exposition machine and her khaki uh, dialogue. And Jeepers comes in and basically just lays waste. It starts wailing on these police officers. eats one of their hearts. They've got these really horrible sound effects of him gulping. And by horrible, I don't mean like nightmarish. I mean disgusting. One thing yeah, I hate is the sound quite... of people eating. Yeah, it's quite... Um... It, again, like, because it was the it's the bit. Are you thinking of the bit where he's in the jail cell yeah. and he's eating the guy? Oh. Yeah, oh. and he's like, and the guy's like, shit. There's, he's not just eating him. It does look like he's doing something else to him, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's scandalous. Like he's doing something else to he's him as well. Yes. 
he's in a prison cell. He's doing something strange. But guys, yes, uh, they're waiting their turn as well. He's eating him. Yes, that's the uh... gobbling him. <laughs> yes, and he swallows it all down. <laughs> yes, he's swallowing the man meat down. Um, and he goes, ah, and then he goes on to his next victim, which is another man who he eats. And then he eats another man, and then he like just punches through some woman's face or something. You know, there's no point in eating him. Just, Get out of the way, yeah. out of the way, love. Get out of the way, wench. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we see the creeper himself, the guy who plays it, Jonathan Breck. He's got a cameo as one of the policemen. Is like the the shaven headed policeman, um, like the quite buff looking one. He's there, oh, yeah. but he's but uh, they try to but, but and there's that kind of like cat and mouse scene where Jeep, they've got Jeepers is attacking them down the basement and on the radio they're saying like we can't find this guy he's climbing the walls and and then he turns into Batman he starts pulling policemen out of nowhere pulling them into the dark and and then that kind of like ends quickly because he finds Jeepers Jeepers finds Darry Trisha and Giselle he spares Giselle which is quite quite odd. He doesn't kill her. She, she, she ain't got anything that he wants, though. Apart from some crap dialogue. He's obviously heard her talking. She's like, just stop talking, mate. Stop talking about me, please. <laughs> well, yeah. I think well, I, yeah, I think it's like it's it's strange that he doesn't eat her. Because he, he just proper sniffs her out, doesn't yeah, he? Or even just like, kill her. Yeah, or even just kill her because she seems to know everything about him, which is probably to his detriment. Exactly. But, um, yeah, he... Uh, well, she's not going to tell anyone anyway. She's just going to keep it to herself, isn't Clearly. she? She doesn't... She's not. You'd have to cross her palm with some silver before she told you which one of you died. Yeah. It's all yes. part of the scam, isn't it? And she'd be like, "Oh, low joke. I don't actually know." Yeah. That's, 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 that's probably the fun <laughs> part of it. She just had no idea. <laughs> she just ends up seeing like Sam Wheat from Ghost. He just starts singing <laughs> Henry VIII. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then because that bit always really scared me as well—the fact that all those policemen couldn't couldn't take him down. Yeah, they they try. It reminded me a lot of uh, Terminator. Just not quite as good. Just not quite because but it's the same. It's the, it's the same know, vibe, yeah. That least... and you think that you're going to be safe because you're in a police station. You're full of police, but we've all played GTA Vice City, and we all know you can get into that police station pretty quickly and shoot everyone down. So yeah, you, you, he's... use your loaf, you're fine. <laughs> Hide behind a filing cabinet. Here, reload. Here, Vice City. She says, Peterborough <laughs> Police Station. Vice City was the best GTA. Yeah, I, I, will, I will fight you. I did like Vice <laughs> City. I'll give you that. So he's he's killed them all, and then there's that awful bit with the two way mirror, which again that did me in when <sighs> I was a kid. That really really freaked me out. I had I didn't know any I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. No. I thought that bit was absolutely terrifying. You don't have to justify yourself. I found it strange that he came through the door and didn't smash through the two-way glass. Like, he then just decided to break down the door. Like, I've got images of him, like, being like, quick, they're together, and, like, runs out the room, and then, like, smash through the door. Yeah, yeah. Trying to <laughs> open the... Like, yeah. Oh, I could have just... Oh, well. Yeah, because he sniffs her through the mirror. Yeah, he's having a little sniffing session, he? It's really odd. Because the film actually sets up that Darry's the one he wants. Sorry, not Darry. The film makes it out like Trisha's the one he wants. Because yeah. when Darry's, you know, shaking Jez- um, Giselle, are your dreams ever wrong? Who does it he wants? The camera kind of focuses in on Trisha as he's saying that. Which one of us does he want? And it then kind of does like a focus zoom in onto Trisha's face. So they kind of try to do the old bait and switch on you there. But, um, yeah, because she proper stares at Trisha as well, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Kind of like the action reaction shot of them like looking at each other and she's like, oh, well... 
Bless me then. Yeah, and then it all just gets really absurd because he, he bashes through the door, grabs Darry, the police come through. Trisha's bit, she's she's all like, take me, you know, I've got a wife and kids, eat them. She's like, take me, blah, blah, I'm, I'm the one you want, I've got what you want. And then his Jeepers face and neck tendrils just flare up like a Dilophosaurus. Yeah, and then he's like, it's predator, isn't he? Then he just looks a bit silly. He's like the shape of water just before the you know, sex. It's really <laughs> odd. And there's a close-up of the creeper's eyes. And you can clearly see his contact lenses, which re- even though the fact that he was just like a um, reanimated flying demon from the depths of dark places, yeah, I could see his contact lenses. And I was like, well, this that, I, I, this is really bugging me now. Well, Darry probably had twenty twenty vision, and that's why he wanted him. He's like, I'm I'm fed up of this Specsavers monthly <laughs> subscription. Well, we've got twenty twenty vision now. It's a new year. Ah. <sighs> That's why he he shouldn't be flying if he doesn't have twenty twenty vision as well. Well, you're right. Do you think they do tests for that? They bloody well should. I don't care who you are. They should have. They at least give him some glasses because those contact lenses are bloody awful. Uh, they're really obvious because I wear contacts oh. and they're really obvious. Long story short, Trisha's like, ah, take me. And Jeepers is like, Pfft, and flies off with Darry. And the first thing I thought of was, how the fuck are you going to explain that to your mum and dad now? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, all, all through it, they're like, we're well, coming home soon, mum. We'll see you soon. Okay, it's all been a bit traumatic, but we'll be back soon. I was like, well, how do you then get home? We're like, yeah, Darry got taken by a winged demon. Oh, and also I broke up with my boyfriend, which yeah. is apparently going to devastate both of you because you really like him. Yeah. Wasn't that a whole thing where he was like, yes. he didn't tell mum and dad and they love the guy. Yep. So yeah, so this two things there. She's going to have a long spring break. I wonder isn't which she? one they were more devastated about. Uh, probably the breakup. But I don't imagine so, because yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah, I suppose because Derry was coming home with bagfuls of laundry, so the mum was probably like, well, at least I haven't got to do that now. Yeah. Although it sounds like he's got a better car than Trish. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he does. He probably had like a fucking Prius or something. Or they Prius weren't around them, were they? <laughs> no, they weren't. So, but if they were, he would have had one of those. My phone isn't charged, but my EV is. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if, it, they were, if they were around in 2001, I assume the film was set in 2001, he would have had a Prius. We know we know that. And then the film yeah. basically ends and you get that ending scene. Which ending did you see? Because there's a few. Uh, I just see the one where he's like, it's all like quiet. And then his eyes come up with, where'd you get those eyes? And then he's got Darry's eyes. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. I sort of same. I sort of one where it's you've, the creep, the jeepers is like sitting down at a desk, which looked hilarious, and then you see, um, <laughs> uh, you see <laughs> Darry's like taking, basically taking Darry's head off, face off, taking his eyes out, um, and then he just appears behind him, and you could see his eyes through Darry's. Yeah, that's basically. I think that there were other versions where he's like screaming though, isn't it? That's it. Where did you Which get I those peepers? Where did you get those eyes? <laughs> And I haven't seen the ending where he like goes off into the distance, like. Uh, uh. No, I haven't seen that either. Like the honk, yeah, he as his honks gets in his car and his buggers off. I but have... again, that's very like two four six eight motorway, isn't it? Yes. Which is like full on, full on gay anthem. Two four six eight, never too late. Na 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 night. That one. Yep. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> so that's the film, basically. I mean, it ended up. I found it quite hard to put out the best bits of the film without going through the synopsis because there's only like a few real set pieces in this film as we've just gone through. Um, yeah. 
I'm not really sure with bits I, I the bits I yeah basically the bits I enjoyed the most was the intro the the quieter bits in the beginning with the, where they, where you've got the mystery and when they get into the the abandoned church underneath that I enjoyed that and I guess to an extent the diner scene because that's still the element of mystery there there's still kind of like a an element of suspense you don't really know what's going on do you yeah and then it gets like then it all goes like balls to the wall and I it didn't the the whole flying demon thing didn't work for me of Jeepers now what did you think of his actual like character aesthetic his design yeah I it's a funny one he kind of looked like a cane from WWF <laughs> or WWE or whatever it was very kind of like wrestling mm-hmm. and I feel like at the time wrestling was still pretty well, wrestling is big now. It was but, huge yeah, in 2001. I mean, like, Stone Cold and The Rock and all that. Yeah, was that when someone, was it who who, who ran over Stone Cold? Uh, Vince McMahon ran over Stone Cold. Was it? I thought it was, um, I thought it was uh, Rikishi. I think Rikishi I could Rik- fit in the car. I thought Rikishi was hired by McMahon. Oh, maybe. Um, I think it was. Maybe then, but it, I know it, it, oh, Vinnie Mac was behind it. Yeah. Good times they were. God, loved it. I loved it when Stone Cold got run over. I was like, this is outrage. It's, it's but then I, Stone Cold. I just hated it when Kurt Angle got the belt. I was really pissed off about that. I fucking hated Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, I know, Mr. Milk. Um, Such help, I, I love the fact that they tried to just try to make us buy that Kane and the Undertaker were brothers. <laughs> yeah. No, this isn't working. And uh, Kane's face was like hideous, hideously disfigured. And then like, a couple of months later, he's starring in films with his face out. Yeah, <laughs> like you've been lied to. It's all part of the mystique. Yes, but yeah, um, I thought that. I thought that his aesthetic was. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of very like Halloween bargain bin. <laughs> very gothic, with, you know, with the, the the sort of like the tattered, and it was very clear cut triangles. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they tried to sort of make him look like he was wearing rags or anything. But he just kind of um, he just looked like Kane to me interesting even even the mask that he's wearing looks like kane's mask or like oh, okay do you know who he looks like go on the masked magician who's that do you remember the the masked magician used to be a show on channel five if you google him he's got a, he's got a mask that looks exactly like jeepers creepers it's sort of like a black and white stripey thing was he a magician he was genuine a magician but the masked magician used to do really really crap um magic Right, where right. it was like, oh yeah, he's going to make a car disappear, and then it would be like, actually, what we didn't show you is the camera cut, and we just put a mirror in front of it. <laughs> the masked Val magician. Valentino, his name is Val Valentino. Have you got? Have you got Google to hand? Yeah, I'm just checking him out there. Um, He's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Val Valentino. Right. So for those who is. Wherever you are right now, you need to Google the masked magician Val Valentino, oh my God, and you will see the inspiration for Jeepers Creepers. Because that was one of the when Channel Five first came to the UK, that was one of the first things they they had on there was just CSI in abundance. And that looks proper magician. early Channel Five. That does. Yeah, it was like Channel Five at its best, I think. You see uh, that episodes are charmed. Yes, I remember that. I definitely used to watch and them, but... Alias and Dark Angel and stuff like that. Yeah, and then it just went a bit. Um, like but back to the film. Yes, I've uh, I found quite a few. This film had a lot of taglines. Go on. Uh, there's quite a few, but I'd quite like you to pick your favourite. Okay, I'm ready. 
What's eating you? <laughs> Evil is right behind you. A nightmare cloaked in rags. <laughs> the tastiest horror film of the year. Uh... Get a taste of the year's best horror film. You are not what you eat. He's watching. He's waiting. He's hungry. <laughs> Things are going to get creepy. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching, he's waiting, he's hungry. He sounds like me waiting for my lunch break. <laughs> you you aren't what you eat is a load of bollocks because he he, he, he becomes what he eats. Yeah. I know. If he eats lungs, he's I mean he, he's he's eating too many hearts for his own to stop beating, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I, well, I literally like, think the first one, mate. What's eating you? Yeah, it's like the, it's like the shittiest line. What's because it, it doesn't what you could say it in so many different tones and it's what what's eating you? What's eating you? What's eating you? And it, none of them are any good. <laughs> what about yours? Like what, a, what was yours? A, a nightmare cloaked in rags. Yeah, that one did make me guffle. That was, that was very sort of like you know Victorian Gothic. A nightmare, nightmare cloaked in rags. In rags. <laughs> the last scream of your life. It's, the, it's it's just the use of the word cloaked. Cloaked. A nightmare. It's not 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 near yeah, a nightmare in dressed or adorned in. A nightmare cloaked in rags. Shrouded. He's shrouded in rags. It's just. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's eating you? Um, is probably and um, yeah. He's he's watching. He's waiting. He's hungry because it also could be a tagline for any like fast food restaurant. That yeah, that could be anything, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, not an awful lot of those are. That most of those could be like for, like for diets and for fads. You aren't what you eat and all that kind of stuff. What's eating you? You could just be like on like, a keto diet like tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Flesh-eating bacteria, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, aside from hilarious flesh-eating bacteria, in terms of the franchise, have you seen any of the other ones? I've seen the second one. Yep. Uh, where he licks the windows of the bus. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he goes after a team of people, doesn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. He has, he has some proper jibber moments in that, though. Yeah. Like, lick, licking a bus is, is one of them. Um, because. And then you I are think what that... you lick. At the <laughs> well, and again, I think he, he it's it's a it's a football team. That's right. So again, it's just all blokes all the way through. There's like one girl that's like has some sort of psychic vision, <laughs> but no fucking like she's she's a cheerleader. She's falling asleep on the bus, and then she just starts like seeing things, and just like she becomes like. Did she, she see becomes, the cats? Yes, she does. She becomes Patricia Bunch's character basically, mm. but like. Um, like a younger version of it. I haven't seen it. I, oh, I'm actually, tempted it's to. It's very good. It's actually very good. But I feel like you're lying, part... leading me on there. No, it's quite. It's like it's very good in the sense of like Deep Blue Sea is very good. You know, I got you right. Quite... But there, there's a bit uh, where I think he loses his legs and he's only got one arm, and so he uses his arm like a pogo stick. And just starts like leaping, and they're yeah. all like this long cord, and he's like leaping up to like see where they are. But he's using like his bionic arm. It's brilliant. <laughs> it it sounds like a right hoot. And there's a bit where like all the people on the bus are freaking out about which one he wants, and he's like, he looked at you through the window, and he licked it, and he smiled, and then they all try to kick each other off the bus. It's brilliant. It's really good. It's just it's full on like teen movie horror this time. There's none of the it's more like the second half, but right. it, it kind of embraces more of what it is. And I think I've seen the third one. No, no, because the second one has a couple of guys that like hunt it full time as well. Right, okay, got you. 
maybe then I, I will. Well, me and Bloggy and I, on Death by Pod, we do actually have like some sort of structure. We've got a load of shows planned out, but one day in the future, I'm pretty sure we can revisit Jeepers Creepers too. Because I haven't seen the third one. Uh, we should, yeah, because I haven't seen one. the third one, and that's the one where um, uh, Matey reprives her role. Yes, uh, Gina Phillips. Phillips is pretty much yeah, reprise yeah. her career. Justin Long, like in the second one, but like more like a second like a vision. Yeah, we ain't gonna. And obviously yeah. the creepers in it again. Yeah. What I, I find interesting is obviously you get the the film we're talking about now is is the first film in the franchise chronologically, like and in, in the timeline. Jeepers Creepers three is actually set between films one and two. Oh, is it? It's uh, whatever you want to call that, a mid-call. Um, but yeah, so you, so the, the the actual viewing order, I, in terms, if you wanted to watch it in in universe timeline, would be one, three, two. Yeah, because the second one's based like sort of five days after mm-hmm. or something like that. It's not that it's not that far away. It's really odd. Um, I don't I don't know how how the third film does it, but I read that on Wikipedia, so hopefully whoever wrote that is telling the truth. But um, <laughs> the synopsis is basically or the 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 bit at the top is basically yeah, it's set actually the in between the events of the first two films, so which is quite interesting. But yeah, that can be the film we get together and have beer and pizza and just watch watch JC three. Oh, we should totally do that because I think that's the it's one of those films that's going to be terrible. So we should <laughs> alcohol is definitely going to be needed. Every time you hear a shit quote, you just neck one. Also interesting enough, Francis Ford Coppola executive produced this. So I imagine he had nothing to do with it, but it was produced what? by um, American Zoe Trope, the production company that was set up by Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas back in the day. Um, George Lucas basically produced two of his own films and then basically fucked it off. But um, the Coppola family run it now. But yeah, Francis Ford Coppola, the legendary director, executive produced this film. Oh dear, well he's done it in league with um, someone who's a bit unsavoury then, isn't he? And he stood up for him as well, because uh, the studio wanted like bigger names, you know, more profitable leads. But Fr- Coppola was like, no, this, we're sticking by what Victor wants, this is his division, which is admirable to be fair. That the producer's like, well, no, if my director wants this, this is what's going to happen. And obviously, Francis Ford Coppola, not many people are going to turn a man of his uh, stature down. So they went with it, and we got what we want because Tina Turner was mooted to play Giselle before Patricia <laughs> Belching. It's true, true story. Before Patricia that Belching would be got so it. So funny. She, she would be simply the best. <laughs> uh, can you imagine her saying those lines? Uh, they'd be like, what is it? She'd be like, they call him that bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate. I'm making myself laugh here. Now carry on, oh, mate. I'll just throw in that Darry calls uh, Trisha a twit at one point during the film, which I thought was quite twee. Does he? Yeah, she goes, yeah, turns out you're a twit. I like the bit where she's like, oh, we need to call the cops. And he's like, why? What are we going to tell him? And then he says, like, hey, bumfuck police. I'm being chased yeah. by a guy who... Again, that's, that's, again, that's like... One. There's a lot of... There is a lot of... In here. It's, okay. It's but anyway. like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but just, like, amplified. Yes. Very much so. Yes. And like, <laughs> and there, but, I mean, so there are... there are so There is some half-decent dialogue on this. It's... It is what it is. It, it, for me, it's very much a film... Of its time, it is one of those kind of like early noughties horror films for me, where they just sort of like a, well, not, I don't want to say a dime a dozen because that's disparaging, but this kind of premise. But the, like you say, the slasher type film was big between sort of mid nineties and the mid noughties, and some were better than others, and some had 
reanimated demon corpses in it, like this did. Um, so, what didn't you like about this film in, in a nutshell? Oh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess just the, the whole um, premise of the, like, the law behind Jeepers Creepers is not... It's not for me. Um, obviously, it was for me when I was 10, but my palate has matured somewhat since then. Yes. And I just think the whole idea of, you know, because it's as broad as it is long. Oh, okay, you can regenerate. Well, there's no... You can't even root for people. There's no stakes. There's just no... Yeah, there's no... Um, they're not an even playing... Like, they're not on an even playing field with them at all. No, no. I like, I like the idea of him um, being able to smell people's fear though mm -hmm. that was what that was what scared me the most as a kid because i thought well I'm, I'm terrified so he's gonna i just thought he was gonna come, come and take me away it's animalistic yeah. isn't it like smelling fear yeah yeah it's really like a it's like he's an animal or something isn't it it's like a dog in gerald's game yes yes he's like the dog in gerald's yes. game 100 percent. that kobe ribeye um don't forested because <laughs> you mentioned about the stakes you mentioned the police officers were had like they're like completely gunned up and they couldn't take him down. That's when you do yeah, you think, how do you kill this thing without without it being like some sort of weird like it chapter two voodoo ritual type thing? because um, the shark had already been jumped by then. But it does take out some of the enjoyment of a film. And again, we all we all love our supernatural films. I I I don't just like films with human characters. I love the kind of like odd supernatural stuff as well but there does have to be some kind of uh, I don't want to say realism because demons but there has to be something believable like you say where you can root for where you think right this thing is evil but it can be taken down and not in a silly way of like shaman's heads yeah didn't like that didn't like some of the dialogue I didn't after the diner scene is when it starts to take a turn for me I did like the crazy yeah. cat lady scene I, I agree with you there but like the actual like the denouement, the finale of it, where, where, where he like jumps through the window and turns into like a guild, a marine monster, and all that. I didn't like. That. I did. I did like the ending though, where the fact that it's a really bleak ending. You you know you usually expect somebody to make it out alive, and yeah. when she's kind of like saying, "Take me, take me," you're thinking, right? There's gonna there's, there's gonna be something in this. Is he gonna be like? Oh, actually, I quite like you two. Or you, I've been defeated by the power of love, or something shit like that. Where he drops him and flies off. But no, he's just like flies off. I'm going to eat his face and does. And that's the end of the film. It's like she's just left to look at the sky. He's dead, and there's literally nothing happy happens. And I like that in a film sometimes because that to me feels is the kind of more realistic part of this film, where if you're yeah. facing a dark thing who's hungry from the depths of the Neverworld, you ain't going to win. There's going to be consequences and, and we got that. So I like that, but yeah, some of it, there was a, quite a few bits in this film which I didn't like. What I will say though was, it, I, no point during this film was I like bored though. I wasn't sitting mm. there like looking at my phone or what, looking at the clock, thinking, oh God, or thinking I'd rather blow my nose. I, I was, you know, I was in, invested in it, but it's not the best film we've done on this show. You have a cold, so it, it would be fair enough if you wanted to blow your nose. Yeah, well, no I, I, I certainly that. agree with that. But, yeah. But I wanted to see how the creeper got out of this, and he didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, the ending does sort of give you more questions than, than answers. Because, I mean, you do just end up thinking, you know, well, 
Okay, so he's got 23 days in the 23rd month of the 23rd year of whatever the, you know. But what what about all the other people that have gone missing? So, like what 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 about you know why why didn't he take Trish? Has she has she got cancer? Like what what's wrong with her that he doesn't he doesn't want her? So I I I always thought it was because she was she stood up to him because I got the impression that he wasn't sure which one of them it was that he wanted. Yeah. And it wasn't until, because they're always together, aren't they? Mm. So it's, I don't know how strong his sense of smell is, but because we we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? And there's a bit where it proper focuses in on the fact that she throws the air freshener in with his clothes. Yes. And so I always thought that he could smell the air freshener and that he wanted their car and not, because <laughs> it. I, I was ten. I didn't understand anything New at all. Chevy so I was smell. just like what the hell is going on like is it is it like that new car smell or is it going to be that he couldn't he couldn't smell her fear because she had air freshener clothes but that doesn't make any sense either because they weren't her clothes so just the whole thing like but she also says that like there's a big thing about the fact that his clothes smell that his feet smell that he smells and I always thought I did I didn't see that as like a sibling thing I saw it as like oh he stinks of fear this guy Interesting. I just I did take it as a case of it's just like you're you're a student and you stink basically. You haven't put magic trees in your laundry bag because it smells that bad. And it also makes me think, what is your hygiene like if your bag smells that bad that like you have to literally yeah. fumigate it and that? Um, yeah, they don't. I mean, I don't know. They set it up obviously with the scene where he finds out his grunders have been snatched, but um, his underwear has been stolen. Sorry. And they so, so, so that's kind of where they <laughs> set it up that he's the one that he wants, unless yeah. the demon is obviously just weed. So um, yeah, we did we did mention it. And I just took it obviously again with the power of hindsight, and I don't remember what I thought of my first viewing. Um, but in the power of hindsight, I mean, the magic tree is just there to conceal the the whiff uh, of of his dirty laundry, basically, but. And it just be- and it's just a massive plot point that he happens to have it in his car. But does the creeper want him because of the smell of his laundry, or because of the actual s- smell of him? He obviously what he obviously always wanted his eyes, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I do because it, it, the the scene where you see him at the end, he's still got the whole of his body intact. It's just like the back of his head has gone. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. It's like he's kind of sliced him in half, like one of those, uh, like that body, that bodyworks show in like Amsterdam or whatever. I've been to that one in London. A few. Is it good? It's bizarre, basically. Is it deeper creepers? It is. Yeah, basically. If if you've got a weak stomach, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. It is bizarre, is what I can say. It's it's enjoyable without actually ever being like, wow, this is amazing. It's interesting. But it certainly is macabre, bizarre, and a bit. You feel a bit dirty in there. Were you holding big handfuls of it under your nose? I was eating a Big Mac at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't eating a Big Mac at the time. Um, so yeah, it was. Yeah, that was weird. I liked the ending. I I thought it worked quite well in the uh, context of the entire film. But yeah, I I it's even though I wasn't bored or disinterested during the film, I checked out a few times. And I was like, ugh. This is, and it, it may, I think most of it was due to what you said, where it becomes like once the stakes are removed, and once you realise that this is literally an immovable, an unkillable object, that's when you think, well, 
I'm bored now because there's nothing he can yeah. do about it. If a, if a whole platoon of police can't take it down, he gets run over like five times and just ends up sprouting wings. Then what? What? Where, where do we go from here? What can we go? So it was fine. That's my way of saying it was a bit naff. Yeah, I think it was definitely of its time. And I think, you know, it was sort of 2001's answer to a paranormal activity or you know that that scene of him looking down the pipe that was i just remember that being everywhere mm-hmm. when i was a kid but i don't know if that's because it was a film that obviously greatly affected me yeah. <laughs> i just seem to remember that that picture of him looking down the pipe just sort of being it, it was a bit of an iconic yeah. sort of flash moment but it, it the, whatever this did it, it came and ended pretty quickly <laughs> and it it, it to be fair, it was exactly the same as Paranormal Activity, where you kind of you get caught up in the hype of it, and then once you actually watch it, you're kind of like, oh, it, it was scary at the time, but I've watched it since, and it's really not that good. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you said that, because, yeah, when I first saw Paranormal Activity, it scared the shit out of me. But yeah. I haven't actually seen it since. It's been one of those films that I want to watch again. But, yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is proper effective, like made for a tenor. And it's really effective. But I haven't seen it since. But yeah, this is of its time. If they just ran with... Far from me to tell someone how to write a film. But if they just ran with like the potential of the first 20 minutes or so, 20, 25 minutes of the... I say the two in the car, they get to the church and they find the House of Pain. If they run with that concept a bit more, I think it could have been a lot better. Yeah. I mean, as I say, it's, it's so much like Jewel. Um and I think that if you, you know, Jewel ends where you still don't know who that guy is in that truck. You never know. It could have been Jeepers Creepers for all we know. But, um, you know, the the idea of being chased by an unknown assailant, it's, um, I think Spielberg proved that that, that can work without having yeah. to reveal who it is, what they are. But the fact that they did reveal it and it was an, uh, it was just a sort of a piss take really, wasn't it? It's just, yeah. oh, it's just it's this thing. Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that. It, it lacks, it lacks greatly in the second half. Yeah. So if they hadn't have taken, if they hadn't have revealed the true identity of the baddie, it would have worked better. So if the film had been exactly the same for the most part, but you never really saw the bad guy, do you think it would have been better? Uh, you, yeah. Some things would have had to be tweaked slightly, of course, but yeah, some things would have had to have changed. But I think that. By and large, even just having it as a normal guy would have been scary. Or having it as a guy that's obviously supernatural, but he's got a normal face. I I don't know. I think it was just the makeup and everything else just really let it down. That's fair enough. But So that's what we thought. So I think you may have liked it a little bit more than me. But is is that bathed in nostalgia? or Nostalgia, yeah. I mean, if you look at other films, like so the, the others obviously came out in 2001. Yeah. 13 Ghosts. I went to see that came film. Out in 2001, which is not great. Cradle of Fear, that one that was done by Cradle yep. of Filth. I remember them in the, that video, uh, them in the snow. A, oh, God. So there's a lot of, um, and like Valentine, that really yes. awful, with David Boreanis in it from Buffy. I was talking about that the other week with someone. I had that on DVD. It was in like a bargain bin, and like Jason X and stuff. So it wasn't like. It wasn't a great time for horror, really. It was really, Halcyon time, was it? It was very, very cheesy and very, like, it left nothing to the imagination. So amidst all of that, Jeepers Creepers, the way that it starts is pretty 
it's, it's pretty good to be fair when you compare yeah. it to it on Wishmaster 3. I mean, it wasn't, it's a big year for kind of like, it's obviously going through some kind of bust period, isn't it? Like where everything's, everything's a sequel from what I'm seeing. But it raked in six, almost six times its budget. So it did something right. And this is, yeah, take, yeah. whack that up for a bit of inflation as well. It's, it's People wanted to see those kind of films and I guess it's supply and demand if it works. And, and those, yeah. those films you've mentioned as well, you know, some of them did 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 well as well. Whether the quality was up there or not, people were going to see these films because that was what that was what was being supplied to them. Yeah, it wasn't the best time, but you can only roll with what you've got to see, I suppose. I mean, yeah, it's the same year that you've also got the Mummy Returns and From Hell. I mean, I think that we were we were quite accustomed to sort of having cheesy scares. So I guess really the start of Jeepers Creepers was something. Not entirely new, but something that hadn't been done for a long, long time. Going back to the old days, yeah. Yeah, and then it and then it quickly brings it back to this sort of early noughties bullshit that <laughs> everyone seemed to be to be laughing at. But didn't it break some kind of box office, Dudar? Didn't it take Labor Day? I think like the, on the Labor Day. Yeah, the, there, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was it. The Labor Day weekend or whatever. It, it's it's on some kind of like top list for that, isn't it? It was the at the time anyway the biggest ever Labour Day opening and then Jeepers Creepers 2 come out and that became the biggest ever Labour Day opening uh, Labour Day opening uh, box office gross so what, oh, honestly yeah, so I don't know what it is now whatever but there was a demand especially and then for the second film to come out I don't know the figures for that film but the fact that there was obviously that demand to see it on Labour Day meant that people obviously um, obviously liked what they saw with this film yeah. I, I know that like, critically it didn't do that well no oh well i can understand why really um yeah critically did do i mean (laughs) i mean it's even nowadays you got the disparity between the audience and the critics but it got 46 percent rotten tomatoes 49 percent metacritic and i think it's like about six percent six out of ten on imdb i mean take that with a grain of salt but so it sounds like the people who went to see it enjoyed it slightly more but we asked you guys out there in the social media sphere whether you liked Jeepers Creepers or not, because again, I didn't know whether Bloggy liked it, Bloggy didn't know whether I liked it, we don't know if you liked it. Uh, on Twitter, we ran a poll to see what you thought, and 61% of you liked it, which obviously means 39% of you didn't. That number was higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's quite, I, I was quite shocked by that. Um, we, had, we had some pretty good, uh, some good comments that uh, reflect, I think, what we both said. Yeah. Uh, a guy, or a girl, maybe, a person, Welsh Wookie, said, I was totally in at the opening scene, really freaky, until it turned out the chasing guys could fly. And uh, Rover223 sent us the titular song to listen to in our nightmares as well, so thanks for that. Nice one, (laughs) Rover. And Seth Reborn and Unfaded Threat both said, yes, I did enjoy it, the first one. So um, the the sequel's not getting any love. Uh, I didn't think 61% would agree. It wasn't like five people voted either. So it seems to be that the people love this kind of film. And I, it, we, we kind of touched on it earlier on. It, it's a kind of film where we could just, you could just sit down and I hate to say like switch off and watch it, switch your brain off and all that. Cause it sounds really naughty, but you could just sit down with a takeaway and a beer and watch it and just like it. You don't have to look at the artistic merits of it or critique it. You could just sit down and enjoy it. And it's one of those kind of films. Yeah. And I mean, in its very essence, I think that's what cinema is anyway, isn't it? The whole idea is that you're supposed to go in and just sort of veg. <laughs> Did you watch Roma last year? No. 
Christ, you couldn't is that one on Netflix, black and white one, you definitely couldn't sit down and just watch that and just switch off. God That's almighty. That was why I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well everybody said it was a masterpiece and I watched it, I was like, it's a bit cack actually, but yeah, um people say that about everything though, don't they? People said that about La La Land and I Fuck off, I like that film. Really? Sorry, oh. me, excuse me. Uh, balls off. I really liked that film. Are we, are we trying to not swear? Should I not swear? No, I just realised that was very aggressive. That's all. You're always aggressive with me off air. Oh, we, we, we get on like a house on fire off here. <laughs> a church on fire. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> a couple of pyros. Yeah, la 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 land. But, um, so then, so right. Um, Jeepers Creepers. Without the need to go obviously through the entire ranking system, but would this go towards the top, middle, or bottom of your of what we've seen so far on the show? Um, it would go towards the middle because of the fact that it had the nostalgia for me, and it was the first horror film that I remember watching and being well. It was the first horror film I ever watched, so I was pretty scared. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'd in the middle, but for nothing other than the opening scenes and the fact that it scared me as a kid. That's it. Fair enough, everyone has their personal reasons. For me, it goes to the bottom, just because all the other films we've seen have been better for whatever reason. I've just been, I've just enjoyed them more. I know I said you could sit there and just watch Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers and just like it, but it, I wasn't like on the edge of my seat and tense, where I think all of the other films we've seen on DBP, at least at times I've been a bit like, oh, get out of there, mate, go on. Whereas this film, the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, intrigued, in, sold. And then it fell out from there. But the other films, there was more to them. So it goes to the bottom for me. So, But there's 61% of the uh, people we asked like this film. So a bit of family fortunes there. So what do I know? Um, <laughs> so as per, we're going to end off with the with our, our cheeky little game, the Death by Pod game. We've had such great games as Hum the Tune and Guess the Quote. <laughs> this time around... It's guess the year, so um, we've all, we've both got three horror films, and quite simply, the other person has to guess the year of release. Two points per correct answer, and we alternate, and it's ladies first, of course. So, Bloggy will ask me a film, and I have to guess the year. And if I get it wrong, I'm a dunce. And if I get it right, woohoo! Basically, wow. so Bloggy, fire away. You're in with a very very good chance of winning this one because I'm terrible with numbers and remembering years. I like, so I, like, I like your confidence that I'm any better. Like, yeah, you're no, you you're gonna be, trust me. My first one is Scream Four. Oh, when did Scream shit. Four come out? Uh Scream Four. I'm feeling a little woozy here. Dude. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> Two thousand and Got you halfway there. Shit. Was it before or after the noughties? I'm going to go 2009. God, 2011. Oh, I knew it was before. You were so close. I got the like the I got the first few syllables correct. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. I knew it was one way. It was either before or just after. But oh well, I lose. For you, blogging all Balboa. Hit me with it. Da-da. Dog soldiers. Um. <laughs> Oh God! See, yeah, see, that could, that could, that could go either way. That could be like late nineties or early noughties. Yeah, you're sure. on the right track with those estimates. I'm gonna say 1998. Afraid it's 2002. 
No. Yeah, but you're right though. Again, we're getting we're we're, we're within a few years, which is quite good. We're yeah, we're close. We're close. All right, Matt. When did Jaws: The Revenge come out? <laughs> is that the one with that, Michael Caine? Yeah, the yeah. breath on that thing. Yeah, oh, that's it. Oh, blinky blonky shark. He got paid so much to be in that piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Jaws: The Revenge was nineteen. Oh God. First part's right. Thank you. Um, again, is it nine? Is it the eighties or nineties? Eighty nine. Oh, eighty seven. Oh. I was to give you a tip, and you just went straight in. Oh. Like, it's definitely the eighties. No, I knew it. Is. I was like, again, I was only two years out, but I, I it looks like a the obviously it is one of the biggest pieces of ass ever put to screen. But I could, I thought surely that's not a nineties film. Eighty seven. It was. Yeah. Two years after I was born. In, I wasn't in response to my birth. <laughs> the revenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, I'm two years out. Of, right, so for you then, Rosemary's Baby, the original. No, um, oh, I actually know this, but I, now I don't know it, and I'm torn oh. between like, oh, it's definitely in the seventies, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely in the seventies. I'm gonna say it was nineteen seventy three. It wasn't, was it? It was nineteen. Yeah. Sixty eight. Nineteen sixty eight. Sixty eight. Yes. Seventy three was when the seminal horror was released, but not that one. Shut the front door. Front door's been shut, love. Alright. Oh you basket. <laughs> so so far we're both two for two in the worst way yeah. possible. We both we both suck. So, the final one, quite prophetic, really, is Final Destination. 1999. <gasps> 2000! No! Oh, <laughs> shit! <laughs> I was so confident as well. <laughs> Fuck. You know we've got people listening out there now, like, these guys do a horror podcast. They do not know their dates. Oh, no. But we, to be fair, though, we've, we've only been within five years. Yeah, we've already been close enough. Oh shit! Now, but now it makes total sense. I remember I went to see it in two thousand. Just it was just one year before that absolute landmark horror Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. came out. Oh mate, oh I feel I feel dirty now not getting that one because it's because it's, it's like famously yeah. one of the, the first millennia horrors. Dirty? Are you Darry dirty or are you just normal dirty? Pissed off, dirty now because it's so close. <laughs> I'm so confident as well. Way to make yourself look like a wiener. Um, Get so, a car air freshener and sort yourself out, man. Oh, I'm gonna hang one around my neck. Like, <laughs> Kirk Cobain needs to do that. Um, so finally, for you, boom. You ready, mate? <sighs> yes. Hit me with it. This relates to the original film, not the remake. The original of okay. Child's Play. Oh, um, um, uh, 84. Final answer? Yeah. <laughs> it's 1988. Eight. Oh. <laughs> I okay. was, you were so confident as well. I was like, oh no, we've both done this, we've haven't both, we? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so for Death by Pod Game, these scores remain the same. <laughs> none of us got we, either. None of us, none of us. Do we do we do like a like a rapid fire round? Oh yeah. I think I think what we should do is ask each other one more to tiebreaker. 
All right, what year did uh, Jeepers Creeps come out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, 2002. Um... Uh, oh, shit. It was 2008. <laughs> <laughs> right, tiebreaker. It's your go to ask because I asked the last one. So, bloggy. All right. For you, please. I feel the tension now, mate. When did Wolf Creek come out? 2006. <gasps> 2005! Oh, I've got this. I can see the fucking DVD staring at me on my right. It's looking at me. <laughs> oh, cheater. Oh, but it's, it's well, well out of my arm's reach. No. Are you sure? <laughs> so what this what the Googles is telling me. Right. This is your chance to win it now. This is your chance this to take chance the victory. To win it. And then after that we're gonna to have to house a pain, pack it up, pack it in. We are, right. Yeah. <sighs> Elizabeth Hallett, for you the question tiebreaker. When did arachnophobia come out? Oh shit the bed. Um Maybe later. Oh God! It came out in in uh, it came out like ninety three. Final answer. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Yes. So. I, I, do you know what? I know that neither of us have won, but I'm very proud of. <laughs> you don't quite well. That we're in the general arena of being right. In defeat, we can hold our While heads high. While being completely wrong, <laughs> yeah. we're sort of right. Those of you listening out there, if, if you've got any of those, let us know. Please don't cheat. Let us know if you've got any of those right, or if you were in the same boat as us, where you basically thought we're smarter than we thought we were, and just guessed like a year or two out. So, um, interested to know what you think. So, for the game this week, we both lose. We both lose. Next week, Bloggy's going to pick the game. Uh, so let's, let's see if we can be separated in victory next week. <laughs> we shall see. We can. So next up, we're going to be talking Under the Shadow. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's very acclaimed. I'm looking forward to watching that. Have you seen it, mate? No, I haven't, but it's reminding me of the Rasmus. In the Shadows. Yes, I know. In the Shadows. 2006. Oh, no, I think that's 2005, actually. Um, <laughs> I've given up with the dates. It's actually 1983. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> I've given up with dates completely now. So next up, we're going to talk about Under the Shadow. But that was our Jeepers Creepers episode, guys. What did you think of the film? Are we spot on? Are we mental? Did you love it? Have we just torn apart your favourite film? Or do you agree with us? Or have we been too polite on it? Let us know. And also let us know how well you fared with the game. And if you have any ideas for a game you want us to subject us to, keep them clean. Uh, and we'll get them on the show in future episodes. But until then, that is the end of the episode. So, Bloggy, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I hope I haven't been too much of a creep. Never ever, creeper. <laughs> uh, for those listening... Who want to find out more about you online? Where can they find you online? Oh, just don't bother. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> if you uh, you can find me at Bloggy Balboa on Twitter, and you can find my blog Bloggy Balboa on the internet. Please read it. <laughs> Do so; it's very good. Check me out. What I watch tonight. Uk uh, and across Twitter and Instagram on that same handle, pretty much. 
Uh, and you can follow the show at Death by Pod on Instagram and Twitter. All the shows go up there. We put up tasty little uh, audio snippets, little polls, little questions, maybe even a cheeky picture of blogging myself so you can see how how, how scarred we look underneath our actual marked faces. Uh, but <laughs> until then, yeah, again, blogging, thank you so much for coming. Looking forward to the next show. Thank you for listening, guys. From me, it's see ya. And from Bloggy? It's bye-bye. Do you want me to play us out? Yeah. Jeepers, creepers. Na 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 podcast. <laughs> <laughs>